Hello everybody, welcome to the Big Dog Podcast, the place where we talk to some of the most inspirational business leaders, founders, MDs, celebrities and influencers. Each week we will have a new guest who is incredibly inspirational in their field, giving you an insight into their world. The interview you're about to hear was filmed on Zoom due to social distancing, so please excuse any cutting out because of internet connections. Hope you enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Dog Podcast. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in. We have a very, very exciting guest today um, who is going to talk all things construction, all things business, um, but very exciting. And I don't want to steal her thunder, uh, but it's Michaela Wayne. Uh, Michaela, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I didn't want to steal your thunder because I want you to explain what you do, who you are and what you've done, because it's amazing. And most people listening will know who you are. But why don't you give a brief, quick introduction for those listening who don't know who you are, what, what, what the, the amazing journey you've been on? Yeah, so well, thank you anyway for being so kind. Um, yeah, I'm Michaela Wynne. I was on The Apprentice a couple of years ago where I, I like to say I came second because there was two winners that year, but I guess technically third. Um, I'm a woman in construction. I've had, um, I started my own construction magazine around 11 years ago and then I've invested in businesses. So I have um, a facilities management company, a utility connection company, marketing agency, a lead generation platform. And um, since I had the exposure of The Apprentice, then I have gone on to represent and um, fight for equality for women in construction and just diversity and inclusion as a whole. Which is amazing, which is why I didn't want to steal the thunder of trying to explain that myself to everybody, because I would never have done it justice. Um, I want to talk about The Apprentice, and I'm sure you get asked about it all the time, but I don't want to start with that. What I want to start with is what you do, what your businesses are, and this whole mission, amazing mission that you're on for the equality in women in construction. Do you want to kind of go into that a little bit? Yeah, so basically after The Apprentice, obviously I always knew I was a woman in construction and I had experienced, I guess, discrimination to an extent, but I'd never put the label on it of discrimination. I just thought certain individuals was idiots. And I think that is what has allowed me to be successful in construction, that I never fell victim to a label or a box. So I just always continued on. Now, after the apprentice, and this is no exaggeration, I'm going to say I'd in excess of 10,000 messages, emails, oh, inboxes, 10, phone calls. Yeah, in, in excess of that. Over the course of probably three months, um, throughout from the mid-apprentice to just after Christmas time, um, and it was other women in the industry asking me, asking me how they dealt with such a thing, or you know, saying thanks for representing women in construction. And I was I was kind of put into this box that I didn't really know that I was in previous to the apprentice and I realized actually how many women are out there who was searching for a role model or just somebody to feel like they had something in common with because for a lot of women uh, especially on site you're the only woman in that company who you're working for you may well be the only woman on site you may well be the only woman on many many sites and so women just you know just like anybody men every, everybody all different backgrounds you always want to look for somebody who perhaps looks like yourself or is from a similar area you know like northerners all resonated towards me as well because I'm, I'm super proud of being 
being nothing. So I think when somebody sees a bit of themselves in you, they you know they 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 jump on that, which is wonderful. But it also shone a light for me on how few role models there were and how few women there were in construction. And as I started to delve into this more and really look at the stats and the issues and and go into the problems that women um, was having, that's when I thought you know I can use my platform and go on Big Brother, or I can use my platform sure. and um, and be the voice um, for for the women who perhaps didn't have the same platform as me, which is what I chose to do. Which is very admirable, and you kind of become the poster girl, as it were, for for you know for women in construction and and really advocating it. And I cannot believe how many messages you had. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, that's that's no exaggeration even my, my inbox just blew up and th- I mean there was all sorts of messages but it, it, I mean there would have been many there was many many more than that but there was there was over 10,000 from women from from women and either in construction who had been in construction and left who was looking to get into construction yeah. on the cusp of construction uh, and, and a very you know a, a variation some women who just absolutely love the industry some who yeah, had yeah. to get out of the industry some people wanted to talk some people wanted to ask questions you know so I really did my best as you can imagine it's a lot so I really did my best to try to reply to as many people as possible and those who needed help to try and help them but that's when I thought this is on an individual basis is physically humanly impossible for me to do so I decided to take on a project that could that could tackle this on a mass scale where I wouldn't have to you know mentor women individually yeah of course which is amazing I mean I'm sure you've had many people ask you how was the apprentice I'm not going to ask you that because I'm sure you've answered that question many times. Why, why did you choose to go and apply for the apprentice in the first place? Mm, in all honesty, my brother had been on Love Island actually, and um, okay. I think a year or two before, and he had it, it was the first Love Island that was. That's on. crazy exposure, isn't it? Like wow. Yeah. So it was, and he had an amazing time afterwards. It was loads of fun and like all the family was proud watching him on telly, even though it was Love Island and it was a bit cringe at times watching my brother smooch girls. But, you know, it, it was a wonderful experience for him. And it, um, Josh is 10 years younger than me, but it was amazing watching him. And I thought, oh God, I'd love to do something like that. But I, I never really would have the confidence to do. Mm-hmm. And then after Josh had done this, then, you know, everybody gets talking like, oh, you should do The Apprentice, da, da, da. And um, I had excruciating social anxiety before before The Apprentice. It had, it had got a bit better. I've got a son who's 11 now. And um, okay. after I had him, I, I, I'd got over things a bit. But oh, I mean, at one point, I didn't leave my house. It, it was that bad. I didn't oh, leave wow, my house. Okay. <laughs> so it was extreme. Um, it wasn't just a bit nervous. Like I, I couldn't actually leave my own home for about six months so I I, there'd be times in my life where I could feel these like panic and the anxieties coming back and around the time of me applying was one of those times when if I was stressed about something it it, I just melted basically I would just crumble and and shut myself off from the world which is obviously not good when you're running businesses and you've got children um so I thought you know there's been all this chatter previously about I should apply for the apprentice and I thought you know what, if I put myself in such an extreme environment and survive and don't die, then the chances are I'm going to be able to tackle anything going forward. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was constantly convinced I was going to die or something. So, um, yeah, so it just made me go for it. I thought I'll go for the first audition slash interview, however you want to refer to it, and just take it step by step and see what happens along the way. And then, yeah, fortunately, I I made it all the way. And I remember just... There, like getting ready to go in the boardroom and it wasn't just a game anymore it wasn't just a challenge I was sat there thinking shit 
I'm going on The Apprentice. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting course. to go into the boardroom to meet Lord Shovel. What the hell? Um, but yeah, that, that's my reasons why. An incredible, obviously an incredible experience. Um, and but what I guess what it has given you is, is a platform and a, a bigger voice than most people would have to be able to do the amazing work you're doing now with women in women in industry and women in construction. Um, and that's what I really want to talk about and highlight because I think you know, so many people can probably talk about The Apprentice for hours and hours and hours. In actual fact, the amazing work you're doing is the stuff that, you know, obviously we've collaborated on on Clubhouse and you've got your Clubhouse room. Talk about this women in construction stuff and what you're doing and how you're trying to make a change, because that's the most interesting part, if I'm honest, yes. for me. Yeah, no, thank you. And again, like a, mass, a huge share and appreciation to Big Doug as well for sponsoring our Clubhouse room, because there's so much that I do all the time for free that your time mm. is limited in what you can do for free and what you can do for you know I've got to pay the bills as well so it's really appreciated that we can get a sponsor not just myself and um, my partner in crime with this as well Hayley and allow us to have that free time and the space to be able to plan and organize and progress with, with this so um great appreciation for that but um yeah basically after the apprentice I, I was going on good morning Britain just doing you know like slots about some nonsense but then some slots about construction and whatnot and then off the back of that the chairman of the national federation of builders saw it and asked if we could have some meetings about me becoming the ambassador for women in construction which obviously we did and then i just felt a little like i was this ambassador for women in construction but i was just an ambassador for women in construction and nothing really much was being done other than saying i was that and you know what what is the point ultimately so um I which some people would be happy with you know some people would be happy of just being kind of having their face there and representing something and walking away but clearly mm. you yeah you I just did think more. it's pointless I feel like I'd be a fraud if I just if I was saying oh, I'm I'm an ambassador for women in construction but I mean what am I doing what am I doing for women in construction I feel like if sure. you're going to be given something or you're going to represent something then also try and progress it as well mm-hmm. and the, as the stats stand currently there's 13% of women in construction only 1% of women uh, on the tools working on sites so obviously it's an embarrassment in compared to every other industry uh, across the world so we, we really needed to try and fix this problem and um, so in conjunction with the National Federation of Builders we have built out um, a roadmap we organised a round table with influence directors, decision makers, large organisations within the construction industry and we um, heard all of our problems, we said what the issues that women have, the issues with attracting them, retaining them, um, etc. Built out a roadmap, we used Clubhouse as um, part of our research for this to make sure that we're listening to the women on the tools, we're listening to women who's been in the industry and not, so it's not just decision makers saying this it's actually women's experience in construction as well so we can build their issues into the plan and try and abolish these issues so the roadmap um is a plan to get to 25% of women in construction by 2026. And the National Federation of Builders, this is going public in a couple of weeks um, when we go to press with it, but um, they're adding it to the website and all members now, um, it's part of the National Federation of Builders policy, and all members have to sign up to this in the agreement that they're gonna have 25% of women within their organizations and filter through to the framework of um, suppliers and subcontractors that they're using as well. So that in itself is, humongous it's, That's it's a, a huge massive, huge deal 
And um, what we're now trying to do is um, get an accreditation for diversity and inclusion, um, which will be the carrot for the construction industry. So you will have, I mean, this isn't set in stone. This is the idea, by the way. So we, sure. we're, we're thinking of like a bronze, silver, gold accreditation um, and maybe platinum. And then that would weight the tenders in the private sector, um, but to make it mandatory in the in the public sector. Yeah. Um, and we're going to take that to government and say that we want sanctions on businesses who have not met these targets or alternatively rewards for companies who do, such as it weights, it weights the tender when it comes to the procurement process. Um, so it is not a small challenge. <laughs> I've yet no. to speak to government about it, but we've got the backing of some huge organize the thing is we've got we need 35,000 people entering the construction industry every year there's a massive skills gap shortage there's huge issues there's holes all over the industry and there are many many women who want to be in the industry and there's many people men and women who don't even understand the industry so we need to do something to progress that and large organizations have the funds internally to be able to progress their own organization and everybody wants to be the first person to do something i am not in this for money i have no reasons to be my company is fully diverse and inclusive so i'm proud to say that we have our policies all written out what i act as in this is the catalyst to be able to bring all of these organizations together and not approach it from a you know from a, my company wants the recognition from this i want everybody to be involved and if you're the first ones to sign up to this then you, we're going to publish everybody who does sign up as well um so then we will say like you know your organizations are going to get the recognition for being at the forefront of this so it isn't one person it isn't one company it isn't one thing it's the industry as a whole and that is what it's going to take to ever move the needle because we've been having these Absolutely. chats for 10 years you know and do you know what? I mean, I'm going to be quite bold, right? And I appreciate that I am on a big dog podcast, right? But it's crazy that in 2021, we're having a conversation about the lack of diversity and the lack of women in a specific sector in the United Kingdom, let yeah. alone across the world, right? Not, and not just a small thing, though, Luke, 1% of women on site. Which is insane. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. Like that I'm I'm assuming that doesn't happen in in any other sector. In no, in no other, you know, in no other industries, not in the UK. We we are and I believe I don't want to be quoted on this, but I believe we are the worst or definitely one of the worst sure. um industries. Well, it would that's, be. that's why in, in the world. In the whole and why world. do you why do you think it is? Why um, do you I think, think there is so many so so not that many women in construction i think there's two there's two key i mean there's lots of issues to be honest sure, of course there's, there's I know. A catalog of them, but there, unwrapping there's, that's a nightmare i get that but like top yeah. points what do you think are the two key drivers yeah i think the two key issues are societal perceptions of the construction industry sure. people think that if you're going to be in construction you're going to be on a site laboring on somebody it's very manual you're going to be up to the neck in all sorts and you know it's all about getting dirty the people outside of construction don't understand all the different career opportunities mm -hmm. the prospects the money that's involved in construction so i think that's a big issue and i think secondly um 
attracting women is, is very difficult. I think people go in at an older age and there's no role models. There's no, you know, if you, if I said, I remember my mum saying to me growing up and my mum's a very headstrong woman. She always wanted me to have my own business. She wanted me to be successful. At one point, you know, she had five kids on her own. So she really pushed me to, sure. to be very successful. But I, I remember her saying to me, you need to marry a man with a trade because you'll always have a nice house. And it was never, you need to go and get a trade. <laughs> you, you know, it's just- Wow, well, yeah. Because you could build your own. Well, that, well, that's it. And I could technically build my own. My sister-in-law is um, a, a very successful. He's an engineer. She hadn't met her, obviously, when I was a child. So um, the, the, it's all these little things that we just, we perceive that it these sure. a man's roles. And just the gender thing, you know, that's for boys, this is for girls. I do, I do speaking in schools. And the other issue is, is um, people think that if you're in construction, it's a last resort. So I go to Prue schools, which sure. is normally children who've been expelled from several schools and they end up in a approved school and then um, they send them on more work experience than actually passing exams they do do some exams but not many and uh, this is not no exaggeration 100 of the boys when they go in there they want to have a, a, a trade of some kind 100 of the girls want to do hair and beauty well yeah. never i've never been to a school and there's a girl said oh i'd love to be a bricklayer i'd love to get into plumbing it's always the boys and it's always the girls and and, and the girls who want to do that. And and I think the her and, and beauty is the same kind of industry. If you can't yeah, do anything else, go on and, you know, go on and do this. And it, it's this thought of, um, you know, if you're going to be a plumber, you're not very well educated. When, it, you know, in actual fact, it's well, going no. to take four years to get qualified to be a plumber. Of course plumber. it is. And there's a lot of maths involved and a lot of, a lot of you know, working stuff out. And actually, like, I mean, some of my dad's best friends are, are in the trade. They earn a fortune. Like they earn a, a good is, amount of money. Exactly. No, and, and nobody knows that, do they? No, I just you know what. If you think about it from a logical perspective, right? There aren't that many women doing it. So clearly, if you did have really good women doing it, and they used that to their advantage and used a bit of marketing, they'd probably be flooded with inquiries, and they do really yeah. well, and they'd make a fortune. So there's an opportunity there for a lot of women to make really, really good, honest money, just by kind of showing up there is but i think um another key factor that that has to change very fast is site culture so the majority oh. of the women who i know who are in construction choose to go um d domestic because yeah. being on a so, construction yeah, site sure. is just so um it's so difficult, but as part of this roadmap, one of the benefits of getting more women into construction is, uh, I don't know if you know, but in the industry, we've got the highest divorce and the highest suicide rate and the highest mental illness rate across okay, all well. industries. Um, and I firmly believe that this is due to the site culture and this, you know, I hate to say it, but this banter that, that goes on on site, that just is not Let's just say it as it is, Michaela, lads, 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 right? Yeah, and I mean, you it's know? just... And they Everyone all, knows. I think everybody just feels like they need to be part of this and like, oh yeah, it's all like, this is what we do and it's all funny and it just isn't funny. And if it was that funny, then there wouldn't be so many young men killing themselves. Mm. And and I'm not trying to be dramatic when I say that, this is actual facts. I think bringing more women into that environment will help that environment become more nurturing as well, calmer. And men don't react to the same to women on site as what they do to men on site. And you know, there's a lot of men out there who speak to women 
terribly on site as well. But if there was more women standing up for that one woman, then that would all die out. So it would make it much easier for women to feel comfortable going into a site environment. Sure. Now, I don't care. I've been called all sorts on sites and I've seen some real sites on site as well. But I, I was brought up with four brothers. And so I've, I've seen and heard it all before. And it's like water off a duck's back. Not all women are the same as me. No, a lot of women of do, don't have that confrontational nature. A lot of women, that'd be enough. You know, it's going to put them off and they're going to leave the industry. And that is where we, we come up with, with a lot of but problems. What is that? Not all men are the same. You know, not all men are thick skinned and can take banter to that level. You know, there are a lot of lads out there that are really sensitive, you know. Um, and it's I guess it's a cultural thing within that sector and within that industry about being on site. But, you know, that's a culture is a hard thing to change. But I guess people, I guess what changes <coughs> culture is people. If you get the right, if you get a mix of people in, then that culture then does start to change, you know. And a friend, a good friend of mine said, and I'm going to use this quote for the rest of my life, if you can't change the people, change the people. And you can't change the people on site. Therefore, you need to start changing the people on site. And, and that's why I believe that if there's more women in there who, mm. who are coming at it from a completely, and you know, some women will just blend straight in, fair enough. Well, so but well. as a whole, to generalise, which I don't really like doing, but to generalise, women will soften that site. And women will change the culture of that site. And men just won't react the same to women as what, how they react to the lads on the site and for whatever reasons it's still ingrained in them hopefully to be more respectful to women and I think it will just tone it all down but the small things that we can all do now and um, if you are working on site or you're running the site they do toolbox talks I don't know if you you know what these are where you know they'll go and have a talk about health and safety and yeah. you know like sound and, uh, and all that and um, just incorporate into that diversity and inclusion so just saying to people right that is the female toilets and um, if there's women on sites then you know we don't want to be addressed them in this manner da, da, da. if there's somebody from um you, you know we're inviting somebody from albania here can we um please make sure that we're speaking to them clearly we don't want any banter with them they don't have the same yeah. sense of humor just these general rules laying the rules of the site like you do for health and safety let's do it for diversity and inclusion as well and it's it's a five minute thing and just by saying that you're sparking that thought and conversation sure. and that can that can change a site alone mm. that, that them talks can change a site alone and it's it's a very simple fix absolutely well i think the work you're doing is amazing and really admirable and commendable that you know you're just chucking yourself into something that essentially isn't a business and isn't bringing you an income but you're doing it because you feel you have I guess it's your calling now. You've kind of got to a point where you kind of feel like you want to make a positive impact, which is amazing. Really is amazing. Yeah, I feel like now it's turned into my life work. And would you know what I really want? I really want an MBE. So if um, anybody knows how to get an MBE, if I make this work and this all does get influenced, then I better get an MBE because I really want to meet the Queen. You just need to be nominated. That's all. You just need someone to fill out the form for you. Oh, well, there you go. So if anybody's listening, knows how to do it. But we've for an MBE. Um, I mean, we can't not touch on what you what your business is, what your main business is. Do you want to just go through kind of what you do on a, like to earn you earn your crust? What you know, because you're highly you know involved in in the sector and in the industry. What's what brings your money in? 
Yeah, so I, I have a couple of investment things that I, I don't really work on. I would just sit on the board of. And my main mm. thing is a marketing agency. And so that business supports all the other businesses I have. Um, so, yeah, we're a marketing agency, but fixed within the construction industry. And um, we have the largest online and hard copy magazine in the UK. It's been going for 11 years. Uh, design and build, yeah, which is amazing. And that's um, that's the key thing. That's, that's the key thing, what I work on every day. Um, magazines, websites, social media. Media, all those exciting things all those exciting things <laughs> amazing uh, honestly and anyone listening that is in the construction industry um and wants to speak to Michaela please reach out um Michaela how how are they how do people contact you what's the best way to speak to you yeah LinkedIn is I'm all over LinkedIn so yep. just Michaela Wayne on me handles on Michaela Wayne one or otherwise Clubhouse every Friday one until 2 30 and that's the best way it's a new audio app Um, I have some invites if anybody wants them and um, that I'm more than happy to share and just come in and have a conversation mm-hmm. with us and it not be you know you there's no barrier between um like on Instagram where it's a message and you wait Absolutely. three hours you come and ask the question and you'll get the answer and just to highlight to everybody listening, your clubhouse is amazing. And a lot of people go, oh, women in construction, I probably shouldn't join because it's nothing to do with me because I'm not a woman or I'm not in the sector. I remember the last time I came on, you had someone from NASA talking. That woman, yeah. talking, she was fascinating. Yeah, she's lovely. She's, she's been on, a, um, she come on again last week. I think she's coming this week. We've caught up a few times, but yeah, we, there's NASA scientists. We've got uh, the director who's male, Ben Keenan. He's the director of Multiplex. Um, the, we've had the chairman of the um, Charter Institute of Civil Engineers, directors of huge companies, Gallifrey Tri. Um, you know, it's men and women who come on. And then also people from all different industries, from all walks of life, people from South Africa, America, New Zealand, in Australia, mm-hmm. in Spain, we, you know, people from everywhere and anywhere who believe that women should be in construction and should have the opportunity. But there's also other industries that struggle, you know, so any kind of STEM um, industry as well. And, yeah. and like the, the woman from NASA, she, I think she's going for a court battle with NASA. So we, we've shared our roadmap with her as well to see if, if she can um, get, get some help or assistance with that. Um, so, yeah, I think anybody who just feels that, um, that, passionate about diversity and inclusion seems to just land in our room and then we, we find so many interesting people it's amazing which is is amazing and it is just I really look I always look forward to and I have done since I've joined the couple and obviously we're sponsoring it but I actually genuinely look forward to sitting and listening for the hour and a half because it's just I find it so fascinating and the the conversations that you are facilitating and that are happening in that room and in that period about diversity and inclusion and people really openly sharing their stories like yeah. it's just in a very public way, you know, because at the end of the day, anyone could, anyone could be in that room. You don't know who's listening. Um, yeah. I just think it's really inspiring. And I just, I take my hat off to you, Michaela. I think you're doing an amazing job. Thank you, Luke. I really, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and obviously, like I say, I appreciate the sponsorship. But more important than anything is is keeping that room going. Like I say, for yeah. us, it's the research thing, but it's also the connections, and then the connections that the the women and men are making with each mm-hmm. other as well. And a lot of business is being done in these rooms. You know, it, it isn't just a let's come and mourn about no. women in construction, as some people might perceive by the title. It, there's a lot of business goes there on is. in our room as well, and the connections are made. They take it offline and. Um, and Ben Keenan's become a very good friend of mine now. We're, we're hoping to do some kind of TV projects. We've got a couple of production companies Amazing. 
interested. So there's there's a lot that can come off the back of it. We're actually doing a, a, a networking session towards the end of each one and um, now every week or 20 minutes. So everybody just get on stage and, you know, you say like, I'm looking to speak to Boris Johnson and you don't know, you know, it might be two connections Shame. away. So people will come on and request whatever it is they want, whoever it is they want, and the rest of us will try and help out if we can. Because Clubhouse is like LinkedIn supercharged. Oh, it is. It is like LinkedIn on crack. Yeah, I absolutely love the place. <laughs> I love LinkedIn, but... I am me, but it's just... The guys that came up with it were very clever. <laughs> yeah. Well done them. Because um, it was in lockdown, I think people really needed that connection. And there's, there's that many people doing well on it now that I think they'll, they'll, str- they'll struggle to let it go. You, yeah. you know, they'll struggle to move off the app. There's all of our, there's all of our um, apps um, talking about buying them out or talking about doing their own version, but I yeah. just think it was it's the never... first one and yeah. they, they, they got on the wave at exactly the right time when they needed to do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I love it as well. I think it's amazing. Um, I don't think there's anything. I think you've covered it and I think you've been amazing. I'm really, really, really grateful for you coming on, Michaela, and sharing your story and talking about the great work you're doing because I just think it's so inspiring inspirational people everyone needs to hear what you're doing and what, and what you're trying to achieve yes and support us and what else i'm going to do as well um i've sent off a petition to government we need a hundred thousand signatures to ensure that it's it because i'm only meeting with one government minister which is really infuriating because i want to like meet the go into the house of lords and just sure. scream at everybody but there's only one that will come there's actually a crossover in four different ministers who could pass what we're trying to do so we're trying to look with one first of all because apparently they'd never come together however if i can get a hundred hundred thousand signatures then all of the ministers would have to discuss this all of the ones who yeah. you know may be involved in it so i will also send this on to you yeah no um, send it over um, definitely send it and anyone and we'll put it on our social channels and anyone listening um go and sign that petition amazing amazing yeah. job yeah. thank you thank you very much thank you so much i really appreciate it you've been an amazing guest cheers thanks luke uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Big Dog Podcast. Uh, that was Michaela Wayne. Uh, as I told you, amazing, amazing. Uh, please make sure you like and subscribe, and we will be back again with some more amazing guests. Thank you for listening.